Sid for Friday the 13th, 2020. Friday the 13th, 2020. Stop it. Every day this year has been Friday the 13th. Stop what it. Could, what could Stop possibly it. go wrong on Friday the 13th, 2020? <laughs> I'm Tim McAlfee, Sid Sixero. The Cantina Conversations continue. We are live on TV and radio. <laughs> Coming up, what's going on at Augusta? Canadians trying to make the cut. DeChambeau's game didn't cut it, and a log jam at the top. Masters talk. Straight ahead, friends. I thought you were going to do it in the whole Jim Nance voice. You hit me with it at the end. Do it again, please. Do it again from the top. I want Jim Nance just for that sentence in a bit. Give me a little Jim Nance. Come on. What's going on at Augusta? Oh, I screwed it all up. Hello, friends. <laughs> What's going on at Augusta? Canadians trying to make the cut. DeChambeau's game didn't cut it, and a log jam at the top. Masters talk straight ahead here on Tim and Sid. Didn't expect it to get sensual on the back end of that. That's the way Nance talks all the time. Jim, Jim Nance doesn't get like, like sex hotline towards the end of his reads. You got, a little, you got a little hot towards the end, a little too hot. Not in TV. football, but when you listen to him doing really? golf. It sounds like he's making love to Freddie Couples. I saw Freddie Couples leave the course today, wow. and those two are good friends, and I thought that he was making vocal love to Frederick Q. Couples. Penny for Nick Faldo's thoughts in those moments. Goodness gracious, Tim. Um, we'll also talk to Toronto FC head coach Greg Vanny. They're currently training in Toronto, Tim, preparing for their first MLS playoff game later this month, November 24th. Here's the thing. They didn't have to technically quarantine for 14 days when they came back over the border from Connecticut. And they're training. How is this a thing? We'll ask Greg Vanny coming up here in moments. Also, Tim McAuliffe has countdown to kickoff coming up in the 6 o'clock hour mm -hmm. as we prepare for Week 10, the weekend of Week 10 in the National Football League. I was warned via text earlier today, Sid, have a marker ready. Look at the size oh. of this marker. I have never been more prepared, Tim. Don't act like you're not impressed. Marker ready, papier ready. I have no idea what McAuliffe has planned for today. It's usually fantastic. Can't wait for that as, again, we get ready for Week 10 in the NFL. Best of the week. That's a Straight big marker at, you got in your that's a, Yes, yes. Size is always my strength. Um, we're going to get to the Masters talk here in a second. I think but, your hands um, are small, though. Never my hands are fine. Going. My hands make are fine small. as I try Just and make, make this transition. Make the marker bigger. Then. As I try and make this transition, right, can I'm we sorry. move on from the way. marker? I understand. Okay, <laughs> you got a marker. Can we move on from the Countdown marker Countdown to thing. kickoff. We'll do it. My Rest goodness. of week 10, National Football yes. League. I will stop. I'm sorry. I apologize. Let us get to the news of the day. We're going to get to the Masters. We are going to get to some uh, crazy rumors in baseball and basketball, but let's begin with the news of the day. It is big. I'll, I'll give you that. It is big. Mm -hmm. The Miami Marlins, speaking of big news, this is historic. What happened today, I don't, I, I, none of us were really expecting it. I hadn't read any rumors along these lines. Well, I've read the rumor of, of Kim Ang for like 20 years. That rumor's yeah. been out there forever in terms of being a baseball executive and having the resume to do this, which she has. It needed a team to make the move, Tim. Today, a team stepped up in Major League Baseball and made history right. at the same time. The Miami Marlins named Kim Ang 
their general manager, making her Major League Baseball's first female GM and the first woman GM is believed in any of the four major North American professional sports. Ang also becomes the first Asian-American general manager in baseball. When you talk watershed professional moments here, Tim, Mm -hmm. you think of moments like this, don't you? Like this hit me in a positive, positive way earlier tonight. Not expecting it, but let's go. Welcome. I know when, when Sid asked the question with a ton of opinion in there, this is something that has captured his imagination, and, it, and, and <laughs> yes. rightfully so. Listen, Hazel May interviewed Kim Ang earlier this year, and it concluded by saying, you might not have smashed the glass ceiling, but you are certainly responsible for cracks. Well, watch your step, kids, because there is glass all over the ground right now. She has smashed that glass ceiling. And listen, I can't wait. Till we're at the point when this is a ho-hum moment and it's just another story that we do here on Tim and Sid, but we're not there yet. This is the first woman, and I'll correct you a little bit. It's kind of semantics. Second Asian GM, South Asian, okay, Sudbury-born Farhan Zaidi got the Shout Giants job just two years ago. But listen, when, when baseball became a multi-billion dollar business, I thought the walls or ceilings would come crashing down. But it's taken longer than expected. And Kim, who's been in the game for 30 years, right? Like 30, hell, she was the assistant GM of the Yankees in their heyday, 1998. That's over 20 years ago. She negotiated deals with Paul O'Neill, Mariana Rivera, and a certain CEO of the Marlins, Derek Jeter. She worked at high levels with the Yankees and the Dodgers and yet couldn't get that GM title until now. And it comes with someone who she's known for over 20 years in Derek Jeter. This isn't a 2020 uh, buck to the pressure hire. This is a damn well deserves it hire. And if you have a problem with it, get used to it because it's going to keep happening. And I'm not sure there's a more deserving person to smash that glass ceiling than Kim Ang. And in the words of my Greek homies, when we smash something, Opa! It's time to celebrate. Damn right, Timmy. Uh, I mean, first off, the fact that the Marlins, who invented bad PR, <laughs> were the team to step forward. Yeah. Like this team, not that long. Derek Jeter is as loved as any player. Red Sox fans won't say it publicly, but yeah. I bet even they love Derek Jeter. <laughs> Derek Jeter, within eight minutes of buying the Marlins, was hated. Stripped, stripped down the budget, fired almost everybody. Yeah. Jeffrey Loria took more money from that county than any other owner from their own county. Like, the Marlins have been a cesspool of you suck for yeah. years. For years. And to have them be the team, because let's be honest, because Becky Hammond of the Spurs is going to be a head coach in the NBA one day, Tim. Underline one so. day. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I believe so. Because she's good enough. She's next to one of the legends of the game. She's learning every day. She's good enough to be a head coach in that league. But that's not enough. It wasn't enough for Kim Ang to have three rings with two of those most storied franchises in baseball history, the Dodgers and the Yankees. It wasn't enough. Half the GMs who are dudes in that league don't have her resume. Right. That's not an opinion. They don't. Some of them are like three years out of high school. And for Kim to finally get this opportunity, it's well-deserved, but it also you need, you need a dance partner in this. You need a team who, who knows because there are men out there who don't believe women are their equal. They exist. They exist. I still have to, I hate to say that, but they're out there. Who, and they will never give Kim a fair shot, regardless of what she does here. 
It's amazing to me, but they exist. And you're going to need organizations to push through that garbage. Hasn't happened yet with Becky Hammond. I think it will. This was long overdue. Long overdue. And I admire the Marlins, one of the most hated teams out there for doing it. An amazing, amazing moment for them. And I wish Kim all the best. I am now a pseudo Marlins fan after this. And not for nothing, that team's looking pretty good. They hope she can, she can add yeah. to it. It's a young squad. They got to the, you know, they were one of the eight teams in the National League. It was a, they were a, a victim of circumstance, so to speak, in terms of they got in. You know, in a normal year, they wouldn't have maybe. But the team's, the team's growing, is my point. So she's not inheriting nothing here. She's got, there's a really good base with that Marlins team. I'm, re- I'm super excited about this. Because you needed one, Tim, and we hadn't seen it. We hadn't seen a team in right. any of the four professional leagues or MLS step up and do this. Now it's done. And everyone's taken notice. And I am hoping this is the start of a conversation where this becomes more the norm. Great that's not hyper- Fantastic. That's not hyperbole from Sid Sixero. You need one. Everyone knows you need someone to smash the glass ceiling, and then others will have the guts to do something like this. I mean, Kim Ang was the assistant GM with the Dodgers when someone walked up to her at, at the GM meetings and did, like, fake Asian voice guy to her and said, what are you doing here? Like, she's... She's went. She's gone through a lot in the thirty years that it's taken her to get to where she is after playing at the University of Chicago. So good on her. Good on the Marlins for taking the chance and get used to it, kids. Uh, and I can't wait till the point when we just go ho hum. Another woman, another Asian, another South another Asian, another yeah. yeah, just another story. Another African American. Uh, has been hired for this job. I can't wait for that. Uh, after Mother Nature delayed the opening round at Augusta, Sydney, um, we got the first round in early this morning. You were having Finally. coffee early if you were out there. Uh, some of them had to uh, finish up their first round starting at 7.30 a.m. local. And uh, it was world number one Dustin Johnson returning from his absence to shoot a 7-under-65 to take the first round lead, joining Paul Casey and Dylan Fratelli. Well... We're already through most of the second round, and we've got a log jam at the top of the leaderboard as we speak. Um, it includes Dustin Johnson, Abraham Answer, Cameron Smith, Justin Thomas, among others. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau has kind of dropped off the pace here. Tiger Woods is even right now through his second round, so he's still at four under par, which is five shots off the pace. What's the best story right now in your mind as the Masters continues? At Augusta. Uh, I like I like three Canadians out of four maybe making this cut. We won't find out today, obviously, because they're, they're going to have about 25 more minutes of daylight, and that's about it. Uh, we'll find out early tomorrow. But the, the Canucks, you know, they came out to play a little bit. It's top 50 in ties. No one's going to win the tournament. I understand that. But Canadian golf is, is, is having a decent couple of days here in some very unique circumstances. That, to me, is the first thing. Second, the, I, I am genuinely happy that Bryson DeChambeau is sucking. I, I am genuinely happy. I do find him entertaining. Have I turned I, you on this? Like, what's yeah, the, I think what, you what, have. Like, I, I like you. Just what's the song? You don't, uh, you don't spit in the wind. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't mess around with Jim, and you don't chirp Augusta that week. <laughs> yeah. You don't do it. Don't. You are asking for it. He had another triple bogey today. He recovered from the double bogey yesterday to get a two under. I still don't understand how he did that today. He's he's, he's having a bit of a harder time. I think that's a great great look. To have Bryson DeChambeau, who, again, walked in like his bleep didn't stink and is probably in 
I mean, we're not sure. Looks like he's going to miss the cut after all the talk that this guy garnered in the lead-up. I am taking odd joy in this, Tim. Are you surprised I am taking odd joy in this? No. No, when you talk junk to Augusta and then Augusta smacks you around, I think there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, (laughs) serves you right. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Serves you right. Tim, I want to go down one more road here because there's a lot. The the leaderboard, this is looking like fun. This is going to be a fun weekend here, it looks like. There's a lot of people around there. I I know he's number one in the world, and I know he's already got a major under his belt, and he's won enough tournaments, and this this you know he's done well. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin Johnson's story, though, like let's remember the tale, right? This he he checked into rehab, he had some things going on off the course, he yep. had to straighten his life out, came back, won a U.S. Open in 2016. He has another three second place finishes at majors outside of that 2016 U.S. Open win. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think we forget sometimes how crazy a story it is from where he was. Like, he was kind of DeChambeau, right? Like, he was the heavy hitter. He was the guy you showed up for. He was the slimmer John Daly, and you were all impressed. But he has fought his demons, much like Tiger last year, as yep. we know. Uh, I think Dustin Johnson's a way more easier guy to root for than people realize, and I don't think we should just kind of look at this and go, yeah, okay, he's world number one. He should be there. This, the fact that he's there every time impresses me. And if he hangs on here and continues and has a good third, I'm, I'm very much in Dustin's corner. I'm, I'm rooting for him to get a green jacket. You didn't even mention that he's part of Canada's royal family. And I, uh, I should have. And he's coming off COVID. Like, yeah, is, I forgot about the COVID. Is it just, yeah, thank you. Is it just me or would a guy coming off COVID battling Abraham Anser, who is a Texas-born, Mexican-raised player, who went the other way and chooses to play under the Mexican flag, going toe to toe to win the Masters, be very fitting for all we've seen in 2020. Like, is yeah. that to me a November's Masters battled by a guy coming off COVID and the guy who was born in Texas and then raised in Mexico and decides to play under the Mexican flag? I feel like that just represents 2020 well. Is is it insensitive to have in sports uh, a COVID nineteen All Star team? Freddie Freeman. Dustin Johnson. It's a little. It feels a little insensitive. Maybe I'll take it back. But like no, there but are these. These stories on, are crazy. On, these stories That's are all crazy. Just spin. We're, we're yeah. real here. That's all just spin. Like if you can listen, you're just happy that they overcame celebrating. COVID yes, I am and celebrating. We're, and yes. we're able to, especially Freddie Freeman. How far down wow. the? We don't know what Dustin Johnson went through um, as much as we know what Freddie Freeman Correct. went through. So, yes, overcoming COVID is a really good thing, and you're allowed to cheer for it. There's no – no one's going to turn that into hate on the Internet for you, Sid, or at least I don't think they should. Oh, you know me. I don't um, normally care, but I, I didn't know if I should pump – that was a rare moment for me where I wasn't sure if I should pump the brakes <laughs> a little bit. But I, I appreciate you uh, jumping in and, and, uh, and nah, clearing my head on it. Clear my I'm head. I appreciate it. You're just cheering for people who went through something that can be scary, came out the other end, and are having success. Shut your mouth, Internet. Shut your mouth. Uh, to the <laughs> NFL. Thursday nighter. And what started uh, as a pick before kickoff was pretty much a one-sided was... game come the second half. Wow. Uh, Colts double up the Titans 34-17. Tennessee shut out in the second half. Uh, with the win, the Colts leapfrog the Titans for top spot in the AFC South. Should, should we be taking Indy more seriously? I mean... It seems like everyone's okay with that split backfield. <laughs> that's a long, that's a long pause. No, because I, I was I was debating whether or not to come in with the as a Jonathan Taylor fantasy owner. I'm horrified at this. 
But from a Frank Reich perspective on the field, things are going pretty well here. Nakeem Hines is feeling it. And Jonathan Taylor is, is, you know, he's learning. It's just not his job. He's a young kid. Let him learn. It's working out. Here's what scares me the most about the Colts. The one thing I've always hated about Phillip Rivers, um, it's, and aside from the golly, dang gummit attitude, like, come on, man. Give me a break. It's just a little cheesy. Is just the, his inability to go downfield in games that matter and not get picked off. I have never forgiven Philip Rivers for some of the things I've seen late in games the Chargers should have won. Those Chargers were set up to do a lot better in seasons than they did. And I think part of the reason was, quite frankly, Philip just threw caution to the wind late and did whatever he wanted. Tim, his Philip Rivers from 10 yards and in last night was 27 for 30. Mm-hmm. If he's okay with that, and Nakeem Hines is running and Jonathan Taylor can find it and they can be conservative with the offense and the defense plays like that and special teams plays like that. The, the Colts are the Colts aren't nothing here. The Colts are a team you got to look at and say. I mean, I don't. They're not Kansas City, they're not Pittsburgh, but they're a team that you know they they could be a Final Four team in the AFC. I don't think it's a crazy thing to suggest. Now the Titans, with a grain of salt, you know t- Taylor Lewin. They lost one of the better offensive tackles in football three weeks ago. They don't look like the same team offensively. They just don't. And I know offensive lineman isn't the sexiest sports radio talk, but it's true. But I, I don't want to. I don't want to get into that. I want to. I want to no, give the Colts that's, some that's credit. A, I want to give the Colts some credit. That's a significant difference in that team, and I think you're seeing it over the last little while. I wanted to go look up uh, the defenses that Philip Rivers had in his time in San Diego, because I don't know if he had a defense as good as this Colts defense. He might not have. He has right yeah. now. And Tim, there was you were a, saying I, I, that like. Go ahead. Sorry. No, when you were saying that, I was just thinking, like, um, I got the 13-3 and team uh, that lost in the divisionals. Um, they were 11th of 32 on defense that year. Like, I don't know if he's ever had a defense like this. Like, I think I think you might see, like, for all of what Phillip Rivers was, they made a, a conference final, and their defense... Uh, that was a LaDainian Tomlinson team, right? That conference final? Yeah. They went to New England? Uh, they were fifth, yeah. They were fifth out of 32, so maybe that team was good enough. Uh, they went to New England, that's right, and they lost 21-12 uh, to 12, uh, in that. So, like, I don't know if he's had this good a defense. Right now they're third, right? Going into this week, and, they were third. And, and, and let's assume this is one of the better defenses he's had. And, and, and forgive me, Tim, I forget who the D lineman was. They were doing things to Derrick Henry I haven't seen people do to Derrick Henry in years. Like, I know he went for 100 yards last night, but that, there was a goal line moment where someone just stuck him, and Derrick Henry yeah. couldn't move. But I was I here. was impressed. Hold I was impressed. Here. We, we got to get to Greg Vanny. This, is this not what I was talking about yesterday with Nate Burleson about Tannehill? Like they need him to do more and to not. make up for the FedEx guy who didn't yeah. deliver. And even with Derrick Henry going for 100 yards and getting stopped at a key spot, he was 15 to 27 for 147 yeah. yards and a touchdown. Didn't throw the pick. Took care of the rock, but it wasn't enough. The Every thing, once the thing about in a while, they're going to need him to be elite. But that's, I think that's a problem with Tannehill. I think you just kind of said it. He does have front runner written on him. Like, he's a good quarterback when you're up 10. He's Trent Dilfer. He's trying to like, be Trent Dilfer. But I don't know if they're that good. Well, we're about to find out. I mean, they, still, they managed to get to an AFC title game last year. I think the AFC is way better this year. I don't know if you could just do that this year playing that way. Well, he just but, got outplayed by a 38-year-old with 23 kids waiting for him at home in the middle of a pandemic. 
I was watching him talk to NFL Network last night, Tim, Philip Rivers, and I'm wondering, like, as he's talking to them, is he finding a way to impregnate his wife just from that position? Like, can he do it? Can he just think about impreg- like impregnating from a person and do it? He's very just standing there, just in in, oh, in Texas. All right. No, in I Texas, yeah. I'm just okay. talking to talking to Michael Irvin. That's all right. I'm saying. Like, you, I, 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 he's he's one of the more incredible uh, figures in sports to me for a lot of weird reasons. Anyway, I like the, if 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 Philip Rivers doesn't do stupid things down the field, that Colts team is going to be a lot of teams this year. I think. Yeah. But yeah, Philip Rivers has to has to contain himself. He has to contain himself. I'm with you on it. All right, uh, coming up. Sorry. Go ahead. No, f- I forgot what was next. Greg, no, Greg Vanny was next. I'm excited. I got questions yeah. for Greg Vanny. Uh, coming up, we'll also talk about what seems to be coming to fruition, an all-Canadian division in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Who's the favorite to win that division, and is it tougher than the divisions that they were in previously? Sid and I will discuss that. But coming up, is this the greatest season TFC has had under Greg Vanny? Ponder that for a moment. They have done some real nice things under Greg Vanny, including a title, but not at home, three points away from a supporter's shield, all of that 2020 has thrown at them. Is this the greatest season that they have produced? We'll ask the man himself. Greg Vanny will join us next right here on Tim and Sid, Coast to Coast, Sportsnet Radio and TV. This is Tim and Sid on Sportsnet Radio and TV. Coming up, second hour, too sweet to be sour. Sydney, we've got a countdown to kickoff. Wasn't and I'm not going to tease you Wasn't with the closer, that. but I think we got a pretty good one for you. Um, Tim, we also got some good tweets coming in. Earlier, I asked Tim to um, talk about our Masters conversation in his best Jim Nance voice. Mm-hmm. The voice started off Jim Nance, it then descended into um, a commercial that you would have seen on CFMT at 2 in the morning back in the day. For those of you that get the reference, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Fueled One, uh, Tim and Sid tweets in to me, turn on Tim and Sid and hear Tim McAuliffe talking like he wants your credit card info to keep him talking. Hashtag a sexy time with Uncle Tim. Hashtag <laughs> Tim and Sid. I'm glad I'm not the only one that was hit like a ton of bricks with, with the turn that impression took. It went from Jim Nance. It was pretty good, Jim Nance. And then it went to Jim Nance at like 3 in the morning. Hello, friends. I'm that telling you. Sexy. You're going to watch a lot of the Masters over the weekend. Yes. There's not a hell of a lot else going on. Some of the best college football games have been canceled. Okay? Tell me that Jim Nance doesn't start talking like he's getting into – a sexy car wash at 2 a.m. <laughs> on Tele Latino. <laughs> the sexy. All right? You oh, tell me so that Jim Nance doesn't you know. turn his you know. hello friends into Jose Maria Olazabal. <laughs> Any, anyone, if, if anyone would like to send in a clip they hear of Jim Nance when they rewind it on, on PVR that they think is a little too sexy for, for, for the afternoon slot, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, send us send us the clip of Tim and Sid. We'll we'll gladly talk about it. Uh, waiting on Greg Vanny here to join us, head coach of Toronto FC. We'll get to him in a second. As mentioned, best of the week. Uh, Tim, speaking of the Masters, did you? And I'm mm-hmm. just looking at best of the week. I'm, I'm taking a sneak peek at the nominees here. I shouldn't be doing this. Have you? Did you hear uh, the the version of Masters update from Chris Vernon of the Ringer that went viral? 
uh, yesterday. We're, we, this is in best of the week, so I don't want to get Vernon too on the wing. Way. Is Werner on the ringer now? His lead, uh, they're out of Memphis. His lead on Twitter, his lead bio line is ringer. So he's on the ringer. And oh, okay. uh, we used to have him on the show on the radio show way back in the day. Do you even remember having Chris? I don't. On Are you serious? Yeah. I don't remember having Chris Vernon on the show. <laughs> I blew up yeah. yesterday. I completely forgot. No, I completely forgot. How, how many years like, ago was this? When we were doing radio, we used to have him on the show every once in a while. Like I'm talking maybe grand total five times in the show. But I have a, I have a, uh, I have a memory that's a little different than yours on these type of things. I don't know. Like, I have this brain capacity that allows me to think of certain things and completely forget the most obvious thing. That's he a, is that's a guy a, that we have maybe five times on the show. So I'm looking forward to that. That's a fantastic poll. That's and a fantastic speaking of pull. conversations that we have had on this show before, Sydney, I have all the time in the world for our next guest because talking football with him during the start of the pandemic when there was nothing got me through a couple of those really tough days. I'm not lying. Like, talking El Clasico and what he liked about watching <laughs> El Clasico reminded me of why I love sports when we were dying for something to talk about. And what he was able to accomplish with a pretty beat-up team with no home is pretty unreal, Sid. Uh, Greg Vanny, head coach of Toronto FC, joining us. Uh, Greg, welcome home, sir. I know your work isn't done, but how did it feel like to come home after playing just four games at home the entire 2020? Must have felt good. Well, first off, hello guys, good to, to yeah. talk to you again. Uh, it's a it feels great being at home. I got um, you know just to be around the family, to be able to we've been given the exemption to be able to get to our training facility to train every day, <clears throat> to be on our fields, to be at our facility. Uh, it's been amazing, and because we haven't been at our fields all year, basically, it's they're in beautiful condition. Obviously, the weather the last few days has been uh, better than we could probably ask for, and so uh, it's been nice. And you know, we had a we had a, a good season. It didn't finish the way we wanted it to exactly, so it's been nice to come home to kind of recharge the batteries and get our playoff mindset um, right, and give ourselves a little bit of time between now and the first game to to get going. That first game uh, that Greg is referring to is November the 24th, opposition not yet determined. But, Greg, you, you mentioned to, to, to get an exemption to come home. And, and I, I, quite frankly, I don't know how much this has been talked about nationally, and I'd like to kind of dig in with you a little bit. You, uh, TFC returned home, and you can train under what's called the modified work quarantine. What does that mean? Where can you go? How often can you train, et cetera, et cetera? Because I have a feeling, Greg, some other sports teams in Canada might be really interested. I know the Impact are currently doing this, but some let's say some hockey teams, let's say some basketball, yeah. let's say a, a basketball team in particular. How, what is exactly what does this mean, and how are you working through it? Well, first off, I don't know all of the constraints and the rules behind what we're able to do. I only I know what we do, but I'm not. I wasn't in the negotiation and the discussion, so I, I probably will be leaving some things out that I shouldn't be leaving out but i just don't know enough uh but in terms of us we you know we train uh once a day at our training facility it is we are other than that we are at our homes we are not supposed to go anywhere else it just we've extended our quarantine between our home uh our respective homes and our training facility we're obviously on a very strict uh testing regimen every day or other day depending on our schedule um in which um obviously we are constantly testing and didn't knock on wood we have tested negative as an entire team and entire staff for the whole year 
Uh, so we're under a very strict testing regimen, but it, it extends our our bubble, if you will, to to our training facility in our home. And once we finish training, then we're supposed to go back home. And then when we leave our homes, we go straight to the training facility. And that's that's basically all we have uh, at our disposal. But for us to prepare for the playoffs, that's what we need, I guess. Yeah. Have you gotten used to the testing yet, Greg? Like. I can't imagine. Yeah, I haven't done it yet, so I'm mean, knock on wood. I hope I don't have to do it, but yeah, you know, I don't. I don't think any of us think twice about it. I, I would be lying if I didn't say I've tested for sure a hundred, hundred plus times at this point. And uh, the testing has gotten a little better. Initially, it started really high up in the uh, in the nose, and then it's kind of come down a little bit, um, which has made it a little more comfortable. But yeah, I think most of us have. We just go sit in the chair, we tip our head back, we take it, and we just move on. So that's kind of where, where we're at now. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I was bringing up – sorry. I did, sorry, I just want to say I, I had something dumb to add. I, I did get tested the one time, but I went I, – the mistake I made was I went into the deviated septum part of my nose. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. It was like to try and get it out was like trying to man mark Pozuela. It was difficult. It was very, very difficult. Yeah. But, but anyway, oh, I, yeah. I, I, it, it does get a little easier after a while, I, w- I, I would assume, but uh, – it, it, for 10 minutes afterwards, you do kind of feel it a little bit. It's unique. <laughs> unique. Yeah, way, I, I think I've figured out the, the right angle and the way to kind of open up my, my nostrils in a way that it just hasn't been as invasive and painful as it initially was. Or either it's that or the testing has just gotten better. So yeah, <laughs> figuring, figuring out how to do it is, is the key there. Half the battle. <laughs> Listen, I, I mentioned this off the top, and you've had some great years, and I know it didn't really finish the way you wanted it to. And as a coach, you're constantly – worrying about what you are doing in the moment and what the team is doing in the moment and how to improve that. But, like, mm-hmm. you won a title, you had a coach of the year. Given all that went into this year and how banged up you've been and there's plenty of work left to do, I understand that. H- have mm-hmm. you been able to process what you did accomplish this year with this group? A little, but, you know, I think you alluded to it. There's still unfinished business we haven't won you know a trophy yet this year and we had we had three of them to play for now we have two but yeah I I think I think it's easy this year to recognize the challenges that that we've encountered and and I've said this before I think everybody across the globe has encountered real challenges this year I think just as it relates to our team and and our world it's been an extremely unique year um and, you know, trying to manage a group of guys who have been phenomenal this year in their mentality and mindset, but they're away from home while their families are challenged back home uh, and try to keep them focused on getting results and performing and trying to keep, you know, we, we were together every single day for, you know, essentially for months and to keep them from battling each other and just getting sick of each other, but actually performing like there was a lot of, there were a lot of challenges that we endured, and I know the Montreal guys and Vancouver guys all felt that same, that those same challenges. But we were able to do it in a way to continue to be successful. It, it was, I would say, it was probably the, the most difficult season in terms of variables that we've had to overcome to to have a, a good season. Um, and every year has been different, but this year for sure has had its real challenges. Greg Vanny, head coach of Toronto FC, here on Tim and Sid. Their first playoff game is scheduled for November twenty fourth. Uh, but just to piggyback off off that, Greg, in terms of some of the challenges that, quite frankly, I don't even think Tim and I talk about enough how it's a victory just to not have all the guys kill each other when you're that sequestered for that <laughs> yeah. period of time. Yeah. Um, I mean, how when when 
when you look at your team, when you look at what was accomplished here, who who helps you the most in the room, at the hotels, in the on the field? Like, who who would you say is a peacemaker, so to speak? Like, who who do you lean on to kind of make sure everyone's? Because it happens. We're human beings. You, sure. You're that. You're that. You're a family, and the families fight. Like, who who would who would turn the temperature down when needed? Would you say? Uh, so uh, there are a lot of important people in this and, and my staff and the players, and we all have a good relationship, but for me, there's one person in particular who makes it all tick so that there aren't major issues. And, and that's our, our team admin is Ted too. And Ted makes sure that everybody has everything that they need and that their families need. And he has a support team and people that he's working with. But if everybody is comfortable and has what they need, then it brings, the level of angst down and, and when there isn't angst and concern and, and then, then there's less sort of battling or fighting or guys who are concerns. And, and Ted is incredible, the best in the league at, at being able to, to take care of guys and make sure that he's helping me and do our schedules and do all that stuff, but also making sure and helping families to have what they need. And there are other people who help, who help Ted as well, but he's, he's extraordinary and our guys love him. Uh, and I think Ted could get away with a lot, and guys would still be would still be great to him. But he's been incredible this year. Uh, I, I've worked with a pro team before, and people don't understand how much goes into that yeah. that role. Like people have no idea at home how yeah. just keeping people happy can be a, a remarkably tough job. Um, yeah, and we, so, we, we had days. Sorry, guys, we, we had days yeah. where we didn't know where it was. It was ten o'clock at night the night before, and we didn't know where we were going to train the next day. Because, for example, the, the university or the college that we were going to train at had a COVID outbreak and they shut it down on us. And we need to figure out where we were going to train. And Ted, along with the help of Bill and others that were there, like they had to go find a place. And, you know, otherwise, if you take a bunch of pro guys and you don't know where they're going to train, they're going to lose their minds. And so uh, so it's these kinds of things. And, and he was he was a big a big, big support of that. And obviously he has a team that he's working with that, that help us. But it, I, it certainly I, I don't want to be I don't want to be the guy on payroll, Greg, to tell Josie that we don't have a field right now. I'll let you know. Like I don't want to be. That's a fair point. I don't want to be that guy. Go ahead, Timmy. And if, and if you if you need it, I got a dude who's an assistant coach at the University of Hartford. So let me know if you ever need a place to From train. We, we got you covered. Yeah, sure. um, yeah. the, the the first playoff game um, in your home away from home in Hartford. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, you know you'll get the winner of the playing game, which could be Montreal. Is it kind of twenty twenty? that you would get Montreal in Hartford in, in your first, first postseason game? Uh, it, it, that would be very 2020 um, <laughs> to play that kind of game out of Canada and some ra- and not a random place, but in yeah. uh, a neutral site and with no fans, essentially. Yeah, that, that, that would be 2020. So, uh, and we've already played them. I feel like we've played them five times this year already, <laughs> even though it wasn't just so recent. Um you know, it is very possible. Uh, you know, they have a good team. They have a matchup that I think they can they can possibly win. So um, it's it's possible. The other game is if if Nashville beats Miami, we would play Nashville. So there, we have three possibilities for us. The only team we can't play is Miami. So uh, we'll see. It's a you know we have a one in three chance to to be in a matchup against uh, against Montreal. Uh, Greg, finally, I mean, you you guys have been in Connecticut and. Um and you've been through a lot here. The one positive I'm really pulling from this, because you are in Connecticut, the uh, Hartford Whalers old track, the Brass Bonanza, has been playing after you guys have scored mm-hmm. in Connecticut. Yeah. And it's been playing a lot because you, you had a good run. Um, 
May, may I propose the idea, and you're the guy to talk to, when you guys okay. return permanently to BMO, sure. I am just think, I'm thinking of what the South End would do if this plays after a goal. And I'm trying wow. to play it here on my phone, and it's not playing. Well, that worked. Let me try that again. Here we go. Okay. Picture this, Greg. Pozuelo has, has a brace. You're up 4-1 on Inter-Miami. No? You don't like the idea? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, if our fans are into it, I'm into it. I could see people starting to jump up and down at, to the beat and wow. uh, and chanting. So I, I think it, it has some legs. If our, if it's something our fans are interested in, then anything that gets them going, I'm interested in it because that, that energy then translates back to the guys. So, uh, I, I, To be honest with you, we've scored and they've played that. I have not noticed it one time. I'm not. I'm not sure why. But well, you're in the game. Noticed. No, I'm not surprised yeah, by that. You're, you're zoning you're in, zoning doing in. your job. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You're it's just old old guys like us who used to watch the Hartford Whalers and know what that that was their old goal <laughs> okay, song. That, and they that just, makes sense. They've added it in for the. Hey, listen. Uh, I can't wait for the time when no matter what the goal song is, that you're back in that stadium uh, with those fans and cheering because it is one of the special crossed. scenes in Canadian sports. Uh, thanks for doing Look, this. And thank in all you honesty. It's been fun talking to you with it throughout this. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. All the best, there Greg. Is, uh, Greg Vanny, head coach, Toronto FC. We call him head coaches over here, right? The last, it's funny you say that. The last few times we've had Greg on, I've debated in my head, manager or head coach? Because I can't even remember the last few times when, when like what we've referred to him as. I think, he, <laughs> I I think he'd time. respect the manager. Next, you know what? D- gentleman's agreement, you and me right now, because that's not the last time we'll talk to Greg. Manager from this point on, which he is, but we've he North is. Americanized it. But I, but I believe head coach is what I've used a lot, and maybe I shouldn't have. Let's just go down the road to manager. I like that. I like. That. All right, uh, we got to get going here because we got the best of the week, and we have countdown yes. to kick off. It's it busy. is an absolutely jam packed show. We're countering the masters with this. Stick around, please. We beg of you. <laughs> Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio and TV. This is Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio and TV. If you're not into the Masters, you're not into golf, this is the place to be. We got you covered with Countdown to Kickoff coming up. And if you are into the Masters and you are into golf, we got you covered as well. Uh, we got a four way tie atop the leaderboard right now Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Cameron Smith, and Abraham Answer all at the top of the leaderboard. But look out, here comes John Rahm who is five under through 12 in his second round and is just one shot off of the pace as we speak. Uh, that would be real interesting to see him make a run. He is, uh, I guess the low round of the day is a six under 66, carded by a few, including Rory McIlroy, who seemed like he was on the verge of blowing up six arrow. But uh, Rory has kind of settled down here. Also, uh, Timmy, Mickelson's five under, Kepka's five under, nice. Tiger's four under. Like that second tier, Nice. Looking nice. Good. Could be a good weekend. Uh, time now for the best of the week. We will give you the options for our favorite clip of the week. You can vote on Twitter at Tim and Sid. We will reveal the winner at the end of the show. Got it good. And since you understood, we begin nominee number one. The Braves' Freddie Freeman took home the National League MVP award. Listen, both guys winning the MVP award was great TV. They were both so happy. But as sure. we told you live in the show, Freddie Freeman taking home the NL MVP award, what we didn't have time to show you as we were going off air was the reaction. It's good, and it's nominee number one. 
It's the uh, National League's most valuable player for 2020 is Freddie Freeman of the Atlanta Braves. Nice going, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Dale. Uh, Dale Murphy, thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's so, uh, so many emotions right now. This is absolutely incredible. Never did I ever think uh, something like this could happen. Um, you know, my dad and I, we were just playing, you know, taking batting practice and having fun when we were, when I was a kid. And, you know, look, uh, look where we are now. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. And for me to be able to share this with my family, it, it's pretty special. That's awesome. Dale Murphy, yeah, uh, for, longtime great brave announcing that. That was fantastic. Congratulations again to Freddie Freeman. Uh, Timmy, I mentioned his old man from Windsor. His old man from Windsor. Let's give him a love. Let's give him some love. Shout out Windsor, Ontario. Windsor coming in strong as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Vernon has now entered the chat. Timmy, I mentioned, I mentioned Chris Vernon to you earlier. Thank you, Daniel Ruiz, for giving us the tweet of when Chris was on the show back in 2013. I had forgotten. He actually sent in the tweet to me, believe it or not. Nice. Chris Vernon has a podcast on The Ringer. These guys are out of Memphis. Um, it's not the first time they've done this, but it's the first time I've seen this. You've seen a lot of Masters updates from a lot of outlets over the last 24 hours or so, including this one. I guarantee you, you have never seen a Masters update like the one we're about to run for you. Here is Chris Vernon, Vernon's version. Easy for me to say, what's going on at Augusta? Tim, he put another one out today. It is one of the craziest, best things I've seen in a long time. Where's Charlie Hoffman? Where's Charlie Hoffman? Fantastic I think, stuff. I think you're playing out like oh. one of the best parts of that. And I don't know the, I, I like, I don't know the the full story behind it. But the fact that on the screen, while he's doing all that, he has a cheese sandwich, is to me, and given our backgrounds at the score television network and the meaning of cheese sandwiches, I think is wonderful. Wonderful. Well, hold on. Stuff. What, what meaning? Well, that's the pimento cheese master sandwich there that he's putting. Like that's the traditional sandwich they serve at Augusta. Is right. that what you're referring to? What cheese are you referring sandwich. to? You don't remember okay. cheese sandwich? No, that's not see. My memory isn't as clear as yours today. Obviously. That was for you and me. That goes back even further from when Chris Vernon was on the show. Right. So you don't well, I need a text in the break because now I'm beyond uh, intrigued, McAuliffe. <laughs> One of the things you learn in our industry is always assume your microphone is hot. Don't say mm-hmm. anything you wouldn't say on air. MSNBC missed this. Check it out. Some new reporting on something that we talked about at the top of the hour, how the Trump administration is handling the transition with the incoming Biden team or not handling it, we should say, to a certain extent. This time it involves our intelligence community. Uh, Ken, what have you learned, sir? Oh, shit. 
Okay. I uh, think we lost. Think we lost Ken for a second. <laughs> How does that not happen more? Uh, How? The, you know what's How? crazy? No one cared. Yeah. Twenty twenty. Nobody cared. It's twenty twenty. Yeah. Nobody cared. Twenty twenty. It's a great point. Great point. Uh, uh, head to Tim and Sid on Twitter now to vote for your favorite, and we'll reel the winner a little later on in the show. All right. Tim McAuliffe has been kind enough to do a countdown to kickoff here. These things take work. He's amazing at it. I know nothing of what's to come. He asked me to grab a pen. I grabbed a huge one. I am ready for the challenge, McAuliffe. Countdown to kickoff, week 10. Straight ahead. This is Tim and Sid, live on TV and radio. Time for real sports talk with Tim McCallum and Sid Sexero. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. We got a jam-packed last hour of the show. Want to welcome those who don't want to sit through a weather delay with the Masters because we've heard a horn sound at Augusta. Come on in. Join us for an hour at least. We'll let you know if they restart play. That might just be a sunlight thing, Timmy, I would assume. I think the sun's oh, gone. Dark, darkness? Yeah, done. I think they're done. Mother, In a way, it is Mother Nature, though. <laughs> the sun leaving and rain, it's the same thing. Kind of. Yeah. It's not going to go back. As I look out my window and see, and see darkness has fallen in Toronto, <laughs> I probably should have figured that out. I didn't need to log on to figureitout.com. It's all uh, good. Two things that I was doing during the break, and... Uh, when I heard the horn, it sounded, and when I heard the horn, it it's sounded. It's the same horn. To your credit, it's yeah. the same horn. No, no, so I'm just making excuses. a different horn. No, different I'm, making excu- I'm making excuses. <laughs> I heard the horn, it sounded, and I thought, weather delay, darkness has fallen in Augusta. I get it. Um, so anyways, if you were watching it and you turn us on, thank you. I got something Appreciate for you. Appreciate it. Courtesy Israel Fair on Twitter, who sent out the following tweet, and I'm guessing he uses an account to... Uh, to bet online that I don't usually use called bet online, but it ranks major league baseball teams and who will get blank guy in major league baseball. And Israel has three different things here that he has posted on his Twitter account. One, which team will Chris Bryant be traded to? Guess who the favorite is, Sid? The the McAuliffe tone in that. Like their little mischievous tone that I heard at the yeah. tail end would, yeah. would would lead me to believe you are leading me down a specific road. Mm-hmm. So I will say Jays. The is Toronto Blue Jays are the Come favorite on, to pick up Come Chris on. Bryant in a trade at 13-4, to four, followed by the Nationals, Braves, and Dodgers. I'm not done. Where will DJ LeMayhew sign next? Jays, 5-2. to two, Cleveland, 3-1. to one. Colorado seven to two, the Mets four to one. Raise the Mets. Those are good odds on the Mets. Do it now. The Mets are the favorite. The Yankees are aren't even favorite. on the board. That's crazy where, to me. Where will Masahiro Tanaka sign next? Jays three to one, Mets four to one, Cubs nine to two. <laughs> look, man. Look, look. I I am here for the Jays rumor mill. I'm here for the Jays rumor mill, as are you, McAuliffe, in this unique times that we're in sports-wise. I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. But I would like to 
just caution all Blue Jays Nation here. Because what I'm seeing, the odds McCallop's given me, all the national reporters going in a specific direction. The Jays feel kind of like Manchester United going into a transfer window. <laughs> just rumor Man who's linked with everybody. Jaden Sancho, everybody. They're going to get all these dudes. Gareth Bale, they're going to grab Gareth Bale. They end up with, with Van de Beek from Ajax, who they don't need. Doesn't even play. Doesn't even play. The guy's a good player. Doesn't even yeah. play. They don't need him. They have Bruno Fernandes and Pogba. They don't need him. Do not. I'm going to draw the line for now. I'm going to draw the line here, Tim, on the Jays are in on everyone talk because I got news for you. They're probably not. Okay. Right, wait, hold, hold They're on. probably not. So just take a step back, breathe. Wait a second. Enjoy the young nucleus you got, and 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 say, you know, Robbie Ray's solid. I like Robbie Ray. Enjoy Robbie Ray. See where Jay's second favorite for Francisco Lindor and Justin Turner. That still bothers me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Favorite, second favorite. I don't care. I don't care. It's getting out of hand, McAuliffe. I think you know this. You don't. Want, you don't have to say it now because you're teeing up. You're teeing it up. I know what you're doing. You're doing a good job with it. No. You're rallying me up. I just. I'm starting to get a little. Little tired. They're getting two players. It's becoming unbelievable to me that they're in on everybody. They're getting two. They're getting two names. I'm not saying it's going to be the biggest names. They're getting two names that most baseball fans will recognize. That's okay. So what what positions are those two players at? I think that depends on who the first one is. Like I think there's interchangeable parts here. Like if they get a pitcher, then that changes what the second one will be. If they don't get the picture they want, that'll change two guys. So I just, I, my gut tells me from having talked to some people in the business, having talked to Ross Atkins yesterday on the show, my gut tells me they're going to get two guys that baseball fans will know, that they're they, going but- to be aggressive. I would agree with that, and that's why I'm a little I'm, – I'm taking a more cautious approach because if let's say, it's a, let's say it's two guys. Guaranteed by trade or by free agency, a hook starting pitcher is coming in. By hook or by crook, a lefty or a righty on that mound who can strike people out is coming in. So that's one. Put, put, put that piece over there. Right. You don't have other room for big-name third-base pieces or shortstop pieces or center field pieces, which would be nice, all of them. And I'm, I'm with you, Tim. I think it's a solid point. And that's why when I look at all these rumors, I think to myself, eh, is it really that believable? It's look fun. All these rumors. It's me every, every day. day. I hate delays. Uh, but those numbers are intriguing, McAuliffe. Those numbers are intriguing. I still think the Jays need to act. And we, and we asked Ross about this yesterday. It's very advantageous to act quickly. Very. Because there's a lot of NHL free agents sitting there don't don't tell me baseball free agents aren't looking at NHL free agents right now. There, there's a few sitting there going, "What the hell? When the is this going to move?" The smart right? ones get it done but, fast. But I think, and I, I I think that you might hear something soon too. Like I'm not playing around, and I don't usually. You mean, you I'm mean not Jay, Jay specific. Yeah. Jay specific. Yeah. yeah, I think from from listening to what people are saying. If you're not reading the tea leaves that the Jays are going to be aggressive and aggressive early, I think you're reading the wrong tea leaves. Ross was in a pretty good mood yesterday, I'll say that. <laughs> to back your point up, and Ross is always very good with us, and we appreciate Ross's time, but he was a pretty – was happy Ross yesterday. You, you could hear it. You could hear it. It's Friday, Sid. There we go. Saturday, Sunday. 
but it's Friday. <laughs> and then it's Saturday, Sunday. And Fridays, we do a little segment we call Countdown to Kickoff. Week 10, National Football League. And after the FedEx guy could not deliver and the Colts took over first in the AFC South, we walked down the road of the countdown to kickoff to the rest of Week 10 in the National Football League. For those new to the show, here's how C2K works. We all know stats are like Sid Sixero in an Alpine Canada speed suit. They show a lot, but they don't show everything. I'm surprised you showed the video. I wasn't expecting it, Tim. Very surprised. It's very unlike us. We'll wait for it. <laughs> it's very Because I remember yeah. one Sid Sixero in an Alpine Canada speed suit happened to drop a helmet while riding a bike, I think and he had to pick up part. that helmet. Wait a second. Wait for it. Ladies, you're yeah, welcome. Pick up that. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so we break down those stats. In an attempt to not only edutain, but amaze, and perhaps even make you smile. That's right. Forget all the nonsense that has become the pig bleep that is 2020. And on this Friday the 13th in the year 2020, makes me shudder. But just for a flash, come on a ride with us, the countdown to kickoff. And every time I say Friday the 13th, 2020, I get scared. So question number one, Sid, what scares you most in life? (sighs) What scares me? On this Friday the 13th, 2020, I ask you, Sidney, what scares you most in life? It used to be having to do a show on a delay with you. (laughs) But after that, box was checked. Yeah. Uh, Waking up one morning and not being this awesome. Uh, and not uh, and not being humble, two things. Scare me. <laughs> two things. Two uh, things. By the way, the first box checked over eight months, five eight times months. a week. Yeah, no, eight no problem. No, you're over here. No. Eight months working on delay. Eight months. Yeah. eight months, five times a week. All right. Every week I tell you this, but it remains the highest scoring season in the history of the NFL. I usually make a joke about Sixero not scoring in grade eight, but whatever. I'm not doing that this time. It remains the highest scoring. I was season. playing Nintendo. It was busy. Oh, well, you were Mario, right? Mario 3 Mario came out. Yeah. I was busy. You were punching coins. You could coins fly. You were a raccoon. You could do stuff. You were a raccoon. It was a new game. All right. 50.7 points per game is what we are seeing on average in the NFL. And because of that, we're seeing some crazy numbers. So at the half point, halfway point for many, who's your MVP? It's a really good question. Um... I think Russell Wilson has been as steady as anyone. Josh Allen's been up and at times been really down. So I want to put Josh Allen a tick behind Russell Wilson. And Patrick Mahomes has been great. What's, what's with the Mahomes number? 21 touchdowns, one pick? It is incorrect. Uh, both those answers are wrong. Patrick Mahomes, 25 touchdowns, one interception. Mm. Aaron Rodgers also doing something ridiculous right now. Uh, both have 24 or more touchdown passes with less than five interceptions. To put that in perspective, Sid, our friend Rich Gannon in his MVP season 
had 26 touchdowns and 10 picks. Mahomes' number, you asked. You got to give Rich that stat next time, by the way. Monday, you got you to hit him with it. That's a great I may have already done it. That's- 25 touchdowns, one interception. Rodgers, 24 touchdowns, two interceptions. Only one other quarterback has thrown 24 touchdowns with two or less interceptions through eight games in an NFL season. Instant trivia. Who did that? Oh, boy. Uh, Repeat the question. Only one other quarterback has 24 or more touchdowns with two or less interceptions through eight games in an NFL season. Who is the only other quarterback to do that? Was it not Aaron Rodgers? Tom Brady, in his record-setting 2007 season when he threw 50 touchdowns, went 16-0, and took 49 of the 50 MVP votes. The Patriots in that year, Sydney, set NFL records for points scored, touchdowns scored. Brady led in TDs, yards, completion percentage, and he finished with 50 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Yet still, one person voted for Brett Favre, who had 28 (laughs) touchdowns and 15 picks. Fill in the blank. That one vote for Favre was dumber than blank. Again, the one vote for Favre when Brady did everything, including go 16-0, was dumber than blank. Blank. Was it Peter King? No, no, I'm not, not exactly the question. No, I know, but was it Peter King? Do you know if it was Peter King? I, I actually don't know who voted oh, that's fair. for Brett Favre that year. That's, uh, oh, man, that's dumber than anything college football has done in the last four months. <laughs> it's pretty dumb. Nice uh, knowing you, college asked, football. I asked you for some, uh, some information. I would have accepted Brett Favre on his phone, too, but whatever. That's a story for a different day. <laughs> I asked Sid for some time on Mahomes earlier in the week, and we never got there. And I was going to do some of these sats and say that Mahomes is a favorite to grab a second MVP. Think about this. He he could be the favorite, depending on who you talk to, to win his second MVP. The Chiefs have a shot here to go back-to-back. My guy hasn't turned 25. Last year, I started the conversation at the start of the postseason when asked if Mahomes was playing for uh, a title if he was going for also the best quarterback in the game. And the American analyst that we had on this show slowly started as as the postseason wore on to warm up to the convo. And then he wins the Super Bowl, and the whole world was saying, Mahomes is now the best quarterback in the league. I was going to go on a rant earlier this week to say that if he continues this trajectory, the conversation won't be, is he the best in the game? But is he going to be the GOAT? And start yet another convo before the American shows did it and tell you just wait for them to do it again. And before you scoff, our track record on this, you don't have to go far. Don't bring the Canadian inferiority complex into this. We have had those conversations way before those shows in the States do. And I'm tired of everyone thinking because they have a a bigger platform that they somehow know more when they don't. Take that for data. So take that for data. Then I saw a headline. Stephen A. Smith said he's not ready to anoint Mahomes the GOAT yet. I go all that way to say, Sydney, is it a matter of time 
before we put home Mahomes into the GOAT conversation for real? No. And the reason I say no is because how the hell does Aaron Rodgers have one ring? How? How does a guy that talented have one ring? I can't call Aaron Rodgers the GOAT. I want to. There's a guy in New England, was in New England. There's a guy in Tampa with six. Yeah. Six. And six. he's not in, like and he's not going to win one this year because only three teams in history got their ass kicked the way he did Sunday and went on to win the Super Bowl. So he's probably not winning it this year. Because there's something going on there that we can't put our finger on. But unless you get near that guy, Brady, this is a ridiculous conversation to me. Ridiculous. You, you want to talk about best quarterback right now in the NFL all day. Most talented all day. Goat? One ring? I can't have it. What about I can't have it, Tim. What about two rings, two MVPs, and he's twenty five? Should he win this year? Yeah. He's already it's got nice. a Super Bowl MVP. It's nice. That bar's been set way too high for me. Talk to me when he buys another team and signs another five hundred million dollar extension so- and wins two more rings. Mahomes becomes LeBron, and nothing he can do until he. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But a lot of people will. The bar is here. That's the bar. Mahomes, hell of a start. Great base. Of all the guys who look like they could give that Brady record a run, it's it's it looks like it's that kid because it's easy to him. And they they already paid all of his offensive weapons, unlike Aaron Rodgers and sometimes Brady. That team is set. They're not going anywhere. So he's he's the favorite to do it. If there's a guy. Who's a favorite to do it? But I'm not calling. I'm not. I'm not going near that conversation right now. So it's when ridiculous. we have it, I asked you if when could we have it? Ring four. All right. Ring well, four. I guarantee you that conversation will start way before that. One of the games of the week is in Arizona between two franchises that game. haven't exactly set the bar. The Bills are looking better than most. The Cards are looking better than most. Josh Allen MVP talk has died down. Kyler Murray MVP talk starting to heat up, as I said at the start of the year. <clears throat> Sorry. Got something in my throat. Last week, he threw for 200, that checked. 283 <laughs> yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, ran for 106 yards in a score, and lost to two in the Dolphins last time out. It's crazy. Murray has 544 rushing yards in his rookie year. This year, he's got 543. He's one of just four quarterbacks with at least 500 rushing yards in each of their first two seasons in the NFL. Instant trivia. Name three other quarterbacks to run for at least 500 yards in each of their first two seasons. And because it's so hard, I'm going to give you a hint. They all did it within the last 10 years. Okay. Okay. Got to cross this off one of my options. Yep. I got right. you. So 500 yards in each of their first two years, they've all done it along with Kyler Murray, who's about to do it in the last 10 years. So I'm looking for three. Michael Vick. Good guess. Really? No. Really? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this I'll, is going to be a short segment. I'll get to the number segment. on Michael Vick. My God. <laughs> well, Lamar Jackson obviously did it. That is right. correct. You have got one. Uh, 
Mahomes? Mahomes incorrect. I'll give you one more guess. What are you doing to me here, Mikel? Uh, Mike Vick only started two games in his rookie year. That's why. Um, hell, is it Josh Allen? Sydney. It was a trick question. Josh Allen and Kyler Murray will be two of the four to do it. I got one more, and you can get it. He's in the league right now. Just change teams. Just change teams. Not Kirk Cousins. Uh, Uncle. Cameron Newton is the other. Uh, Kyler Murray will do it. Josh Allen has done it. Lamar Jackson has done it. Cam Newton has done it. Actually, Kyler Murray has done it too. He's already over 500 yards. All right, a couple of kids will be on the marquee in Miami. Uh, the fifth and sixth overall picks in the 2020 draft. Tua and Justin Herbert face off as the Dolphins host the Chargers. This is just the seventh time since 1967. Two quarterbacks taken in the top six faced off in their rookie year. Joe Burrow, the only quarterback chosen higher than this duo. Among the 13 quarterbacks drafted, who do you think will be the best of the bunch? Is it Tua? Is it Herbert? Is it Joe Burrow? Could it be Jordan Love? <laughs> you know what? I, I, I laugh at that initially, but Jordan Love's going to get his opportunity in Green Bay. I think, mm-hmm. I think we all know that. I think Aaron Rodgers knows that. Yeah. Joe, Joe Burrow does a lot of winning. Now, so does Tua. Tua's barely lost a game since high school that he started. <laughs> yeah. But... There is something about I, – I don't like Tua's injury history, Tim, so I'm going to put him aside in this. Uh, Justin Herbert, I like, I don't love. Um, Joe Burrow is the package, man, total package. I should say total package first. He's the total package. Well, um, that's a really bad – talking about Joe Burrow's package. That's, I, I, I should have stopped immediately. <laughs> I, just, I just think he's part of – he's a winner. He's a winner, and he, he can take a hit, and he stays healthy, and he's done it at the highest level collegiately. And uh, I, I think Joe Burrow's the guy. He's one of those rare first overall picks who's going to end his career looking like a first overall pick, a guy you can trust, a cornerstone guy. Joe Burrow, I say, will have the better career. Uh, Burrow coming off his most impressive win last week uh, or last time out against the Titans just might be started something special for the Bengals, uh, a franchise run worse than a Phillip Rivers tackle attempt. Uh, but he gets another chance to impress. <laughs> Against this week's only, uh, this week against the NFL's only unbeaten team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. What's the one thing in life Sid Sixero is unbeaten at? The one thing in life Sid Sixero is unbeaten at. I, if, if I one day write a book, Tim, the title will be Cutting Corners. <laughs> I am unbeaten at cutting corners. I get it done, and I can cut some serious corners. I'm very good at it. I should Forward. teach a course. Forward by Bryson DeChambeau. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe at the end of day one. I don't know if he's cut too many corners into today. Very good. Last week, DJ was in, and I asked him who the best back in the league was, Derek Henry or Dalvin Cook. He said neither. Then Dalvin Cook totaled a career-high 252 yards from scrimmage with two touchdowns. Shakespeare. (laughs) Is there any doubt that Dalvin Cook right now is the best back in the league? Dalvin Cook is, Tim, he's the best back in the league because he broke a 70-yarder last week, like, later in the game. He didn't break one early. As the game goes on, he gets more energy. He becomes better. And he's not the biggest dude at all. 
but he is a he is a rare rare talent. wasn't top five drafted. wasn't wasn't one of those guys. But he, in my opinion, he is that. I mean, it's not Zeke. Aaron Jones, I like. Aaron Jones is fine. Alvin Kamara. Uh, Alvin Kamara is very very good. Uh, but the way Dalvin Cook is just putting the team on his back is beyond impressive. Dalvin Cook's the best running back in football, and Donovan Bennett had one of his worst takes ever when he answered that question last week. Worst. Oh, worst. I hit the wrong one. Sorry. No, I, well, everything's kind of happening. I'll take them both. A lot of talk about the best today. If you disagree with any of Sid Sixero's takes, hit us up at Tim and Sid on Twitter. We will bring them up a little later on in the show. But while we're talking about the best, there is no doubt that we lost the game show GOAT earlier this week when the greatest Alex Trebek left us at the age of 80. We pay homage to the man, the myth, the legend that is Alex Trebek with a Jeopardy-inspired edition to close out Countdown to Kickoff. And we do that next, right here on Tim and Sid, Coast to Coast, TV and Radio. It's going to be fun. Take you to the weekend. This is Tim and Sid on Sportsnet Radio and TV. As mentioned before the break, we closed down this countdown to kickoff thing. Week 10 of the National Football League by honoring the great Alex Trebek. I will give you clues, Sid Sixero. My handwriting is not that neat, for the record. My handwriting is not that neat. I will look to you to provide the answer in the form of a question. We have... Two Jeopardy categories, five clues each, including a daily double and a final Jeopardy clue. So you'll only have to write one thing. You won't have to write all of them, just one. And it'll be final Jeopardy. I like it. All right. There will be $6,000 of clues available plus the daily double and final Jeopardy. I have to ask you them all in order so that the graphics on the television side can match up. I can't here. pick the categories? We're playing Jeopardy? I can't pick the categories? How only dare two. you? I'm fine only with two. it. I'm kidding. All right, good. There's only two <laughs> categories. And the goal is not perfection. I often ask you for perfection in these countdown to kickoffs. I won't ask you for perfection. Your goal is to win $5,000. You will be penalized for incorrect answers. And you will be rewarded. Sorry questions because we're playing jeopardy yeah and you will be rewarded for correct questions there you go and this should be easy after all sid sixero is the one man who once said this on our very airwaves look if you're an intelligent person on that show that don't impress me much sorry you should be able to pull off a 40 for 40. Is this like the black hole thing? It's that like we a were 300 game in bowling it's not the most impossible thing figure it out well i can look up on the j what Jerome Bettis can get a 300 in a game. There's a J archives, J exclamation point archives. Jeopardy archives. Where I can look up the questions that he's been at. I'll ask you question number one Bro, my, from like, the first show. This don't impress me much. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big man, Mr. Uh, I can do he's Jeopardy. He's better than Ken I regret that entire segment in this moment. Yeah, ne- now you do. <laughs> I really regret saying that. And remember, Sydney, to answer in the form of a question and give a flash. To, I won't time you. 
Give a flash for the Timmons citizens to play along at home and in the car. Now, normally I say this is for entertainment purposes Sorry, did you, only. Sorry, did you say you want me to flash the Timmons citizens? What, what, what no, are we playing said, here? Give a, give like a strip flash. poker? Like, oh, give them a little oh, bit of time. Give them a second. Okay. Give them a second. Because I can, but there's, there's, a, there's a price for that. <laughs> for all of us. No, normally I say this is for entertainment purposes only. Cannot Please see don't. that, Tim. Cannot no, see that. Please no wagering, but you're going to have to wager a couple times. Two categories, friends of the show, and any given Sunday, we start with friends of the show. And I'm going in order here. No jumping around the board. We start with friends of the show, $200 clue in the category, friends of the show. Roberto Alomar hit a home run off of Dennis Eckersley in game four of the 1992 ALCS in this stadium. Uh, I'll give the Timmons citizens a, a flash here. Let them chime in. So you said so you said perfection isn't exactly needed for this, correct, Tim? Did I hear you right? right. Perfection is scored. Exact. You need to get 5,000 right. here. All right. What is Oakland Alameda Coliseum? That is correct. Let's go. Plus $200 for Sid Sixero. He's got the first Jeopardy question. Let's go. We're rolling here like Jeopardy. Clue for $400 in the category of friends of the show. He doesn't have a brother named Owen, but he has a bit of a blue streak after being signed by the Toronto Blue Jays and drafted by the Toronto Argonauts. What? He doesn't have a brother named Owen, but he has a bit of a blue streak after being signed by the Jays and drafted by the Toronto Argonauts. Who is uh, who is Dave Hart? Oh, come on, man. Friends of the show is the category. Luke Wilson. Oh, Luke Wilson. He doesn't have a brother named Owen. Oh, my God. You're minus $200 already. I went to Owen Hart, man. I went right gone. to wrestling. I went right oh. to wrestling. You throw in the video game reference. Who's Maybe Dave Hart? I, I don't know. You tell me. I'm trying to get it right. <laughs> Grasping at straws. Friends of the show. Minus two hundred dollars. Someone zero. find me an Argo named Dave Hart, and I'm going to contest that. <laughs> Somebody online find me a Dave Hart. And the Argo. signed by the Jays. Our six hundred dollar yeah. clue category. The category said friends of the show. Sorry, not Dave Hart. Sorry, Luke. <laughs> Monty Python's autobiography of this man would include him being a member of Rugby Canada's board of directors. All right, I'm going to need I, – I got to recover. I need some truculence here because that was not a good answer for me. A little embarrassed. I still say there was a Dave Hart that played for the Argos, but that's neither here nor there. Who is – he's got a new book, and he won't shut up about it. Who is Brian Burke? Sixero plus $400, $800 clue. <laughs> Such a great picture of Burke. $800 clue. We that's move great. quickly. Category, go, go, go. friends of the show. His father taught him safety first as a defensive back for the Calgary Stampeders. Defensive back for the Calgary Stampeders. Safety first. Hmm. Enough time. Got to blank quickly here. Blank. What? I, 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 Friend of I, the show, born in Calgary. We have a few of those. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. 
Sid Sixero is failing miserably at this Jeopardy. Who is Nate Burleson? Oh, my God, Nate. How did you not get that? You are now minus $400, and Luke Wilson and Nate Burleson are pissed, are pissed. off at you. I'm, we're, we're losing friends of the show. This is, this is what's happening in this segment. Daily we had doubles. friends of the show. Daily double is going to be really important. You're minus $400. $1,000 question. Category friends of the show. Instead of crying out loud, you'll shorten his first name for the sake of expressing frustration or annoyance. What does that mean? Instead of crying out loud, you'll shorten his first. Is this, are you like, are you a, a, a hobbit at a bridge giving me a riddle to cross here? What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. Shorten his first name when expressing frustration or annoyance, which I am expressing right now. So I should be in the ballpark. I should be there. This is worse than when this is worse than when Jerry D threw fake Family Feud questions at us. Oh, that was Pete's that sake. was worse. For Pete's sake, qu- Sid. I, I pass. I'm, I'm I'm getting destroyed here. I'm passing. I know. I know you don't listen to me, but for Pete's sake, you got to get this one. Who was Pete Orr? <laughs> like, what does that mean for Pete's sake? <laughs> Expressing frustration or annoyance for Pete's sake. Peter Mansbridge was the answer there. You're now minus 1,400. Can you, if you find in- me the tweet of the person online who had that ahead of this moment, I'll give you, I'll give you 20 bucks. I'll give you 20 bucks on that one. I'm sorry. That was very difficult. I had to go from that clue to Peter Mansbridge with no safety net. My goodness gracious. I'm getting slaughtered here, and, and, and I'm not taking Minus full responsibility. That's, hey, that's a $1,000 question. Maybe I shouldn't have. This is have fake th- money for the record. You've, fake. You've got, you've got one right. Next category, any given Sunday. $200 clue in any given Sunday. You won't need instructions when cooking up this player who has scored the most touchdowns in NFL history, just know it took him more than five minutes. Don't you know every Jeopardy question or answer has a little clue in it? Yeah. Yeah. These ones are, these ones are, they're going to, they're going to a whole different level of cuteness, but you won't need instructions when cooking up this player who scored the most touchdowns. Oh, who was Jerry Rice? <laughs> Thank you. Like I said, it was a great question. I saw and heard the bell in Sixero's head. Now look out. Now I'm I'm rolling. I'm going to make Nate Burleson and Luke Wilson proud of me. You're only negative $1,200 after getting Jerry Rice. Just know it took him more than five minutes. Five-minute Rice. Got it. Good. Someone send that last clue to Peter Mansbridge. See if he gets it. Someone send him that clue. I'd love to. $400. The category. Any given Sunday. This many NFL teams are named after birds, but none of their team colors are maroon. This many NFL teams. My God, these are not easy. Cardinals. Uh, You got Cardinals. None of their team colors are maroon. Yeah, I'm I'm tapping out on this one, too. I'm, I'm disappointing a lot of people. Or it's just insanely <laughs> tough, and, any, no, and everyone would have the same right issues now. I'm having. I'm gonna, 
What, what, who number, are, what, are, what are Cardinals? No. What are Cardinals? You don't, you don't even list. This is the epitome of you what are, not listening. What are, what are I Cardinals? Always, I always yell at you for not listening to me. I'm asking you questions that you're not. This many NFL teams are named after birds. What are Cardinals? Oh. <laughs> what, what, are what is one? What is one? <laughs> Did I get it? Maroon. Yeah, I'm maroon lost. I'm five. sorry. Oh, maroon, maroon five. Five. Maroon, five. maroon five was the answer. Maroon five. Oh, my God. You're getting marooned. I'm, I'm getting – I'm definitely getting marooned here. Right. No, is no, anyone no, getting no, these? No escape. All right. Let's, Ple- I can ask. Is, is anyone is getting anyone, these? That's a great question. Am I just dumb or are these really tough? All right. And it it's helps. the end of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's All it. Right. Minus 1,600. You still got a chance here because you're going to have a daily double that you can bet 1,000. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I like your $600. Okay. All right. Any given Sunday, we pull the curtain back to reveal this team, the first in NFL history to win six Super Bowls. All right. I'm in a safe place. I'm in a safe place. I feel warm inside. Uh, who are the Pittsburgh – well, what are the Pittsburgh Steelers? I don't know if it's a who or a what. It doesn't matter. They, Alex who? always took it. Sixero, you are correct. Pull the curtain back. The comeback starts curtain. now, McAuliffe. The comeback starts now. <laughs> Minus 1,000. Let's see if you can Maroon get this back. And look at, look at here. The $800 clue can get you back to zero because it's our daily double. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Which NFL team has both won and lost a Super Bowl against Tom Brady? Wow. Which NFL team has won and lost a Super Bowl against Tom Brady? By the way, you're betting all your thousand because you have yeah, to. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, I have to. There's no question. Um, you know, I... I feel like I've got ramrodded here for most of this, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but now I feel I feel better about where this is going. Um, who are the Rams? <laughs> it's not the Rams. Uh, you're gonna be like Wolf Blitzer, oh who didn't God, qualify. It's the, it's the Eagles. Wolf Blitzer Damn didn't it. qualify for Celebrity Jeopardy. This is fake money, for the record. This is fake money. Minus 2,000 is Sixero going into our final clue. Clocking, you're not getting this one either. Clocking in at four, 4.22 seconds. He has the fastest 40-yard dash time in NFL Combine history. Oh, who, who, was, who was John Brown? John. Close. John. Oh, it's not John Brown, is it? That's for the Bills. John. For, formerly the Bengals. Who is John uh, Ross? Who's John Ross? John Thank Ross you. is correct. That what I do. <laughs> I was you, 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 you heard John. You knew I was in the ballpark. I'm yeah. like, damn, that's John Brown. Minus John that, Brown. this is this is a bust. Do we even do the final Jeopardy? No, we gotta do it. You gotta you gotta close the show. You never know. Right. I might surprise okay. you. <laughs> if you cliff claven this, and I won't me. I won't I won't hate you. I'll give you you know what? If you get the final Jeopardy answer, all is forgiven. All right. There's a lot on the there's, there's a lot to be forgiven. There's a lot on the line here. Final Jeopardy, the category, NFL cities, 
please write down your wager. Oh, I wrote that before we did all this. In this final <laughs> Jeopardy category. What are NFL the rules cities. on Jeopardy for in, if you're in the minuses on you don't final get Jeopardy? To play. You're out? Okay. You're let's, out. let's just let's act like I have eight bucks. <laughs> <laughs> let's play. NFL cities. The Star Spangled Banner was written in this city. Star Spangled Banner. Did you even write down a wager? Oh, I'll do it. <laughs> You're not writing down your answer either. Barry says, I'm sorry, I'm with Sydney here. Bill Nye, the science guy, would have a stroke trying to answer some of these questions. A strong, a strong language for this. Yeah. Brian says, come on, Sid. You can do better. Yeah, hey, Brian, sit in this seat. Johnny. Or Brian. Can you see this one? <laughs> what is uh, Philly? Can you see that? Yeah. Sid wrote, what is what Philly? Is Philly? And uh, just in line with the rest of this, that is incorrect. Oh, no. No. I, I think the re- is what, what is the answer? Of course it's the Baltimore. Is Baltimore. What did you wager? Oh. Nothing. That's <laughs> because you had nothing. I, I, I wagered you, nothing because I had, had nothing, nothing after, getting, nothing. after getting treated like the Titans special teams in the well, lead-up to this question. Let me, let me just ask you, Sid. I don't know if you, guys, if we could get the clip again from when we started this entire segment about Sid talking about Jeopardy. Again, Sixero couldn't even qualify for final Jeopardy because he got – guys, do we have that? Is there – here, let me remind you what you said about people on Jeopardy, Sid. Mm-hmm. Look, if you're an intelligent person on that show, that don't impress me much. Sorry? You should be able to pull off a 40 for 40. Is this like the black hole thing it's that like we were talking It's like a 300 game in bowling. It's not the most impossible thing. Figure it out. Well, I can look up on the J... What? Jerome Bettis can get a 300 in a game. There's a J archives, J exclamation point archives. Jeopardy archives. Where I can look up the questions that he's been asked. I'll ask you question number one Bro, my, from like, the this first don't show. impress me much. All right. Oh, yeah, 40 for big man, Mr. Uh, I can do Jeopardy. I'm just admiring sitting in the same room as someone else. I couldn't care less about the actual content of that. Uh, Golly writes in, come on, Sid, the clues, man. The clues are in the answers. Nitty writes in, I got the rice and five just from the answer. The clues are in the questions. Sorry, Sid. Philadelphia Eagles, Chris, Jamie, Philadelphia Eagles. Any Peter Mansbridges in there out of curiosity or no? Any Mansbridge answers? Brad no? says, I didn't get a single question wrong. <laughs> How do you not know this, Sid? <laughs> I think people are now just lying to rub it in your face. Yeah, exactly. Oh, whatever. Oh, that was, that's tougher than the game. You, put, you, those, those, you gave me the gears on that. That's tougher than the actual Jeopardy game. Tougher. Um, tougher. I didn't write the questions. Okay, well, I, I demand to know in the break who did. <laughs> uh, Jeff says my know. dog can win against in Jeopardy against Sid. Time well, for a well, break. When we come back, rough. we will continue to smash Sid and his performance uh, in attempting to honor Alex Trebek. And by the way, we urge you 
to take a look at one of the last things Alex Trebek put his time and effort into. It's called the Compassion Progress Project. And it is a one-of-a-kind national initiative to provide compassion education to elementary school students across the United States of America. Uh, their mission was to ensure that every primary student in the United States understands what compassion is and how to demonstrate it in their lives. So we, we ask you, uh, in honor of Alex Trebek and what we did here um, in dishonoring the game of Jeopardy, to go to the compassionproject.com and help some kids out in honor of our good friend. Uh, make like Bill's Mafia. All right, and yeah, help out Alex Trebek and what he was trying to do. It is a great cause. All right, we'll take the break. When we come back, uh, we'll continue to rip on Sid. Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio and TV. I know who wrote them. I got a, uh, I got a text from our friend Todd Halushko, who is hey, doing uh, fine work Todd. with, with Mannheim and says, uh, I miss Todd. I, I don't know if we got the final answer on the final question. Baltimore uh, was the answer on the, uh, the city where. You Did I say it? it? Yeah, well, I'm just making it. sure. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't say it. Sure. He also <laughs> said that his son got four answers. Uh, that's more than Sid got in that. It was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was very so tough. Todd, so we've learned a couple of things. Todd Halushko's son is way smarter than Todd Halushko. <laughs> <laughs> like, way smarter. By the way, Todd Mannheim, um, that's, that's Tim Stutzla's uh, stomping grounds, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're the German powerhouse. And and, uh, and uh, Leon Dreisaitl back in the day as well. Mannheim, that's mm-hmm. where he was as well. Good little program out there. Uh, love the segment on Jeopardy, says Bacardio. Shows that the show isn't scripted like most sports news combos, uh, but it did expose Sid, Sixero, Sid Sixero's inability to perform under pressure. And he put perform. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I know how that looked. I understand what's happening now on social media. Seven straight hours at a Raptors parade would tell you I performed just fine under pressure. Oh, I just fine under pressure. I usually take a ribbing on the show, and I'm fine with it. I'm not taking one for that. You can stick it on that one. That one was tough. I don't care who is in this seat. And I know who wrote the questions. I'm writing the next Jeopardy question segment. Nothing but Portuguese soccer trivia. Nothing. Eight straight questions of it. All right, fine. You can do it to me. I'll <laughs> no, do no, no, it. No, no. You can have the same it was, person thought, write the same question. I thought it was way tough. I thought it was way tough. But like people at Timmons do not agree. Todd Halushko's son did not agree clearly because he's a smart young well, man. Well, no, hold on. He only got four. It's not as if Todd Halushko's son got them all right. But that, that was triple what I got. <laughs> it felt like that was triple what I got. Uh, you got two right. I, I'm, I'm stunned it was two. I'm stunned it was two. <laughs> All right, we got to do the best of the week winner. And for it, uh, hey, we got a Canadian, hey, another Canadian angle to the winner, I think. It's Freddie Freeman, right? Freddie Freeman, best of the week. Best in the NL this year. Why not best of the week after learning he won the award yesterday? Great moment. Roll it. It's the uh, National League's most valuable player for 2020 is Freddie Freeman of the Atlanta Braves. Nice going, Freddie. <laughs> thank you, Dale. Uh, Dale Murphy, thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's so, uh, it's so many emotions right now. This is 
absolutely incredible. Never did I ever think uh, something like this could happen. Um, you know, my dad and I, we were just playing, you know, taking batting practice and having fun when we were, when I was a kid and, you know, look, uh, look where we are now. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. And for me to be able to share this with my family, it, it's pretty special. Fantastic moment. Freddie Freeman yesterday with family, as Tim mentioned earlier, repping Windsor with his dad there. Fantastic stuff. That is the winner of best of the week. Uh, George writes in and says, these people are full of bleep. Mansbridge wouldn't even <laughs> have gotten the Mansbridge clue. <laughs> I appreciated, the hint. I, I appreciated the hint on John Ross, by the way. I did appreciate that. Thank you for that. I was in the ballpark, and you, and you spared me. You spared me there. I like it. Psst. Sid, you can't triple a number and get four. A lot of people are just they're, – they're, I feel like they're, they're using this opportunity to take shots at Sid Sixero. And let, let me be the first to tell you, you sit in that chair. We can take calls and do this next week if you want. <laughs> Sydney, you want to do that? Let me. Let me. It's not let me chew easy on to it. sit in that chair. Let me chew on it. That's a tempting offer. I, we don't take I can calls. Do the often. same thing, and take some. I don't know if we're capable of taking calls anymore, but whatever. Yeah, good. Good. Good point. I have no idea. I have no idea if we could take. Well, we calls. can do that. Let me chew on it. Let me chew. But I do want to thank you for the segment. A lot of work goes in that segment. Good stuff, Timmy. I always appreciate it. Getting you ready for week number ten. It was a good segment. Thank you like, very much. I feel like I, I railroaded you. No, it wasn't you. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't you. Have a great weekend, everyone. He's Tim. I'm Sid. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tweeting. We will see you next week. Enjoy the Masters. Enjoy the NFL this weekend. As we leave you, especially now, a reminder, the important thing. Please. Wash your hands. Just wash, wash, wash your hands. Your hands I mean, I read the questions. Like, washing I knew it your hands. Well. Washing your hands. <laughs> washing your hands.